Hello there, Cornhusker fans. As you can see, it's just John and me. Welcome to the Five Heart Podcast. This is Todd Wolverton. I'm filling Greg Mahachko's seat because he's running a little bit late tonight, and hopefully he will be here soon. Because as we all know, I don't do a very good job. I think you did an excellent job. You did. You were great. Oh, John, that makes me feel. Thank you. Thank you. That makes John. Huh? um, You got a dog looking over your shoulder. I do. If people are listening to this on the podcast, I decided to use my dog as a as a backdrop instead of my room, which is a complete bloody mess. This is my dog. Uh, Tuesday, I think. It, wait, wait, what is today? I don't know. A few days ago, I came home. You know, I, I made myself some air fryer eggs, a couple eggs, a couple pieces of toast, and I dropped a toast on the floor. And of course, the dog's like, ah, oh, wham. You know, the next day, uh, oh, it was Thursday. I had to go to the chiropractor because I go to the chiropractor every week. And I, I stopped by the gas station and picked myself up a couple donuts. I walk in my room, I drop a donut on the floor, and that's gone. So this is her Friday morning, and she's looking at me going, when the fuck are you going to drop something, you son of a bitch? <laughs> I was just sitting here waiting. And, I mean, look at that face. I know. I like, know. You know. Dogs do that. I mean, dogs have those expressions on their face that just melt you, you know? Yeah. They, yeah. 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 Well, hey, anyway, um, I guess back to kind of the opener here. Uh, I'm joined, obviously, by the founder and fearless leader of coordination, John Dam Johnston, who has uh, shared a little bit about his dog. Um, as I mentioned earlier, hopefully before we get too far down the road, Greg's able to join us tonight as well. Uh, John, uh, we are, you know, 20 some days away from kickoff in Dublin, Ireland, where our beloved Nebraska Cornhuskers are going to take on the Northwestern Wildcats. Um, things seem to be, uh, picking up pace a little bit in fall camp and, um, there's Are they? news around that we can talk about as well, but let's, let's kind of start with, uh, let's kind of start with what's going on or what are we hearing out of fall camp and what are people? That's where we're starting. That's where we're going to start. Fall camp. Fall camp. Oh my God. What have we heard out of fall camp? Well, you know, <laughs> it was a long pause there, Todd. It, it sounds it sounds it sounds like Mickey Joseph um, has uh, become the anointed um, holler guy. Has become the uh, uh, anointed hold them accountable coach on the offensive side of the ball. You got Travis Fisher on the defensive side, but at least uh, after the first few practices this week. Uh, coach, uh, coach Joseph doesn't seem to be too happy with his wide receivers. No, he doesn't. He said that they were getting destroyed by the defensive backs, which I, you know, I guess I look at and kind of think, well, that's not so bad. I mean, it's bad if you're Mickey Joseph, but honestly, I'd rather have us in that position than, uh, having a defense that just gets run over and destroyed. That's the thing about it. You can't really tell what's going on. You know, I think we all understand the defense is going to be miles ahead of the offense. But uh, and I guess, you know, Mickey Joseph just comes right out and calls him out in public and the media. And um, I think it was kind of interesting, I guess. 
Well, you know, we have talked a number of times. I know that uh, I've mentioned it and you've mentioned it and other people on this podcast have mentioned it, that um, mental toughness, uh, changing a mindset, developing a winning attitude, knowing how to win games, knowing how to close out games, uh, certainly has been a weakness of the teams in the last uh, few years. But, uh, you know, it looks like uh, Mickey Joseph, he's um, made it pretty clear that, he's, that, that nothing's going to be given to him. They're going to have to earn everything they get. Um, he's going to push them. He's going to hold them accountable. And uh, it sounds pretty much like, uh, at least in the wide receiver room, uh, there's a, a number of reality checks that are, are taking place. So, um, we're we're gonna we're gonna hear from Mickey Joseph in fall camp, and then not hear from him the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah. Well, so maybe that's part of it too. You know, maybe maybe. And and the other thing is, is that you know Mickey's made a few comments too in the last couple of days where you kind of say, huh? You know what 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 are you saying? And I kind of wonder if maybe that he's been the guy, the designated coach that's now painting a target on him saying stupid things, maybe throwing his players under the bus a little bit to take the pressure and take the heat off the golden boy, uh, HCFF, you know, um, who knows? Mickey is a team player. Um, and, uh, you know, anyway, uh, it is, it is, you know, from my perspective, I guess the one thing that I've heard, you know, from the wide receiver uh, group that does give me a good feeling is that sounds like Omar Manning, um, is is performing well so far this fall. Uh, his name's been mentioned, and and I'm glad to hear that. You know, he's he's a guy you got to root for a little bit, and um, maybe maybe uh, under Mickey Joseph's uh, coaching, he's he's stepping up to the plate a little bit. Um, what you know, else? Yeah, I, I I tried to read an article about special teams and how much better Bill Bush's reps are being and how they're hitting hard. And I think Chancellor Brewington said that guys are getting pancaked. And you know, whenever I was reading this article, Todd, I I couldn't finish it because uh, I just kept having flashbacks to Cam uh, Taylor Britt trying to field a punt inside the ten and giving up the safety and whacking the ball forward and giving up the first two points of the college football season last year. John, John, it's in the past. Uh, we're we're moving forward. We're focused. it can still hurt you. No, what's done is done. Cam Taylor Britt, he's gone. We're not going to make mistakes anymore on special teams you know we've got a full-time coordinator the guys are loading up the guys are playing for real and uh special teams are going to become a positive part of the nebraska football program this fall isn't that right greg we see we see greg we see your iphone can you hear us wait a minute there's you know here's the problem with that the problem is, Todd, and I talk to a lot of heart attack survivors now because they know I'll talk to them. And I they're tell they tell you about being full of anxiety and how they lay down at night and they can't go to sleep because they think they won't wake up and how they, you know, even people have been in car accidents, can't get back in the car. And you know what I tell them, Todd? You know what I tell them? I what tell them that you, you I tell them you have to take the your 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 impression or your flashback or your your negative trauma that happened to you and you have to replace it with something good. 
In other words, if you can't get in a car after your car accident, go take a puppy with you and let it lick your face while you sit in the passenger seat. That's the first thing you do. Maybe take your grandchild and sit next to you in your car and just think about your grandchild when you're in your car next. You replace the trauma with something positive. And the problem with that, Todd, is I still got 20-some fucking days before I can even do that. That's the problem. <laughs> And that's my problem with fall camp is that, you know, I kind of look at the stuff and I, right now, I mean, we're so we're close, we're closer, you know, we're getting closer, but all I can think of is this is the same shit I've heard over and over and over mostly. And, you know, it's great. I like Mickey Joseph sounds like he's getting some ass kicking done. Maybe the special teams would be great. Blah, 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 fucking blah, blah, blah. That's what it is. Blah, blah, blah. Well, I mean, you know, come on. It's God, it, it, Saturday morning of 11.30 a.m. watching somebody play in Dublin Island. That's that's what I'm ready for. I'm ready for there that right now, not three weeks from now, right fucking now. Um, Greg? Okay. Let's, Greg, are you there? <laughs> yeah, I'm here. It's not like I can get a word in, but I'm here. Well, Greg, would you, we, we've talked, you know, in, in anticipation of you joining us, We've Uh-oh. talked a little, we started on fall camp. We talked a little bit about Mickey Joseph uh, getting on the, the wide receivers asses and, and trying to kick them into gear. And John's talked just a smidge about special teams. What, um, you know, of, of the things that you've read and that you've heard coming out of fall camp this far, what, uh, what sticks out in your mind? Um, this is where I'm, I'm a bad, bad, bad man. Cause I, I don't read it. Um, and, and I'm, I'm going to say this is where I'm either going to make a lot of sense or people are going to say, what the hell are you doing hosting a Husker podcast? I'm, I'm in, in a similar vein of, as, as John, uh, by the way, thank, thanks for having me. Thanks for letting me in uh, to the show. Great, great to be here. Um, John's eager with anticipation and that's where I'm at. I, I think I, it, I'm getting a similar feeling to, you know, like a few weeks or a month before, like a big. So I'm a nerd. It's no secret. So like, what Avengers Endgame when that came out in 2019, you know, I, I got the swelling of anticipation, and it's to the point where you you don't even want to see any more trailers. You don't want to see any more TV spots because you just want to watch the movie, and that's. Where I'm at, you know, I think that's where John and I are kind of on similar footing. Is I everything in fall camp, and you know, I, I don't think I'm on camera probably because I'm driving, so nobody can hear you know or see my my you know invisible hand puppet. You know, I'm making the talk. It's all talk right now. We have no idea. We we have a few reports. We have the Chancellor Brewingtons talking about pancakes and bacon and. You know, if, if we're lucky, a, a waffle and a, a eggs Benedict here and there. But we don't know. And we're not going to know for another three weeks. And that's the part that really uh, is, is getting me is I'm at, in, at the first weekend of December when Nebraska is not playing, as they've not been playing the first weekend of December for a number of years and they're, they haven't been to a bowl game in years. All that I want after that black Friday game is more Husker football. So 
in a way, it's like, like it's a very long off season for me, you know. And and there are little tidbits here and there where you get get hyped up. You get hyped up for your early signing day, and you get less hyped up for the signing day in February because there's very few you know fish left in that particular pond. You get a little hyped up for for spring practice, and and apparently you don't get hyped up for the spring game because you all told me not to watch the spring game. Uh, uh, and, and then there's just this, you're, you're in a graveyard. You're in a place where it's all quiet. There's no noise. There's nothing going on really that matters. And, and all you can do is sit and wait and think about better times. And we do it almost unanimously across the board every July, every August, we, we get a little taste of that Hastings original Kool-Aid. Yeah. And we just got to think mm, that that big red is going to be, it's going to be a little better this year. It's going to be a little sweeter. And we all get, again, painting with broad strokes and gross generalizations. We paint with, broad, uh, we, we all get on the bandwagon. And so since the, the, Day after Black Friday, I've been geared up for Husker football. It is the only must-see TV left for me in, in on you know period. Everything else I can DVR it. I can I can watch it later. Nebraska football, when my schedule allows, is the only thing that I absolutely stop what I'm doing to sit down and watch. It used to be that way for me in, in the Pittsburgh Steelers when I paid outrageous NFL Sunday ticket prices. And I let that go because I was like, this is foolish. I'm paying all this money and I'm giving up three and a half hours of my life. And, you know, it, it was in a time realistically when the Steelers were not horrible. You know, uh, it was in the, the same era where Nebraska was winning nine, 10 games a year. Uh, you know, the, the, the Bo Pelini era, you know, but what was the question? No, uh, uh, well, you know, Greg, I, it, I, it's, go ahead. Well, here, what I, what I was, you know, I concur with, and I, I think, you know, there always comes that point in time, you know, or there has been that point in time for Husker fans, you know, when they, they start drinking the Kool-Aid and, you know, starting getting optimistic and Hey, you know, every college football team in the country right now is zero and zero. Every college football team in the country is going to focus on the positives and try to be optimistic. You know, the fan base is hoping, you know, that's, that's common, um, regardless of what team you're following. Some fans are, you know, are more rabid than others, but this is a time for optimism. What I believe is I don't think that the Nebraska fan base is drinking a whole lot of Kool-Aid right now. And I think it's different. And I think that the Nebraska fan base, a large percentage of them, is just like you two guys have said. Let's play the damn game. Let's get to the game. There's no sense in, you know, worrying about who the starting five are going to be on the offensive line. There's no sense in wasting a lot of time and thought wondering, you know, what's the depth chart going to look like? When are they going to hand out the black shirts? You know, all of that stuff that Nebraska fans used to get jacked up about. Yeah. I don't think it's happening simply because Nebraska fans are at that point where Nebraska football put up or shut up. And I, yeah. and, and I, I think that that is the, the, the 
predominant feeling among the fan base this year? I, I don't disagree, and, and especially with your assessment about, you know, maybe maybe uh, the, the Kool-Aid's been watered down a little bit, you know, in, in some of I still think that you have your, your base. The, the uh, I'm, I'm going to try to use this word that has been, I guess, um, re, repurposed in society, but you have your radical, you know, paint your face and, and, and go ballistic, you know, fans who are still as passionate. And I don't even, I'm not even saying that those who aren't, aren't drinking the, the Kool-Aid aren't passionate. I don't want to, to make, you know, make it come across, but they're just more of a wait and see. I, one of the things that, that I'm, one of the things, maybe one of the reasons that I, I am more eager just for the start of, of, you know, actual, you know, live game competition is, and, and Todd, I think, when talking about not just Nebraska being zero and zero, but uh, every program across the country and, and maybe every program or, or majority has this issue, but, and maybe we have this issue or we see this issue more because we're inside. It's, it's us. It's, it's our people, but media and fans alike kind of have a tendency good or bad, something positive or negative of making mountains out of molehills, you know? And, and for me, if, if we could, just be a little bit more and, and maybe this comes you know back to not drinking the Kool-Aid as much but if we we're just a little bit more even keel and and because we don't know you know they could go out on August 27th from Dublin Ireland and score 70 points and the defense be magical and and you know pitch a shutout they could or they could you know, like like John had to remind us they could have a season opener like they had uh, a year ago against Illinois. <laughs> you know, it, it, they could, but we don't know. Like everything, it, and I think this is, look, this is what we do. This is why we have a show. This is why coordination exists to an extent. It's a lot of speculation. I mean, it's why Husker Mike has, has you know, the opponent previews because we don't know. I mean, we have no idea what Casey Thompson or, or Logan Smothers or Chub, Chubba Purdy. We don't know what any of them are going to look like as the starting quarterback of this team. Yes, we do know what Logan Smothers, we have a glimpse of what he looked like as, as last year, but it, it's not the same. No, you know, no two teams are, are ever alike. There's always, you know, attrition. There's always guys coming in. So we don't know anything we we have a new offensive coordinator we have we don't know our identity and I think maybe that's the really frustrating part for Husker fans because we've always had or at least in our minds you know we all we tend to to drift back to you know glory days to to borrow a a Bruce Springsteen line Uh, and we always have this run the damn ball you know strong defense identity and we haven't had that and I think maybe the lack of identity is affecting the fan base more than it's affecting the team and because it's affecting the fan base it's dividing the fan base and so you have the run the damn ball guy and you have the 
I thought, uh, I, I'm assuming it was John, it was on the coordination uh, Twitter uh, account that said that, you know, the, the pit offense last year ran the ball 48 or 49 percent of the time, you know, 2,500 yards, 30 something touchdowns. I mean, these are, but there's the run, the run, that run the damn ball guy. Easy for me to say, there's going to be like, well, that's not enough. You know, we need 80 percent ground game, 20 percent through the air. And, and so many of them go back to 25 years ago, and that was the winning formula. But that's not college football anymore. So the lack of identity, I think, is hurting the fan base more than it's actually affecting the team because the team's just going in there doing, you know, they're, they're playing the system that they have today, you know. And, and we saw that at the uh, uh, end of or, or in the Mike Riley era when, when Bob Diaco came in and it was switched to 3-4. And so now you're learning a new – I mean, what was it? Defensively, we had maybe it was if it wasn't defense, it was defensive backs coach. But there was a new coach every year, wasn't it? I mean, it, you, you can't build an identity off of. Uh, it, and I hate to do this. I apologize to you both. I apologize to Haas, uh, but you can't build an identity on a uh, um, revolving door, you know. And and, and so the. the I think we're I think we're I think we're down to bare bones. Well I think the the only thing that matters is wins. That's okay, that's where I was gonna come for you know, that's where I wanted to head with this. You know, um you know, I, I I'm not trying to speak for both of you guys. I think all three of us are really excited about this first first game. I mean, we we're anticipating it, you know, we want to see how the team stacks up. Um, we're hoping you know, that the team comes out and plays well and, and, and you know, looks good and, and wins, most importantly, wins that first game. Um, but, I you know, and I can safely say, you know, having been on uh, these podcasts with you guys for quite a while now, um, we're, we're, um, we're not going to jump up and, uh, you know, get all – you know, warm and fuzzy about uh, the great things are going to happen with Nebraska football, because as Greg, you've mentioned, there are so many unknowns. Um, But in the big scheme of things, a lot of this doesn't really matter until they line up, kick that ball off in Dublin, Ireland. And um, I guess, you know, as, as we think about fall camp and what's going on right now, you know, we get our little bits and pieces from the media um, you know, give us something to chew on, kind of give us something to, to try to pull us along. But I'm going to be honest with you guys, um, starting this weekend, I'm going to be out of the country for 16 days and I'm not going to have access to any news about Nebraska football in all likelihood. And I, for the, probably the first time in my life, I don't know that I'm going to miss it. Because I'll be back here for that Saturday morning game when Nebraska takes on the Northwestern Wildcats, and I'm excited as hell to see how they do. And I, I think part of it too, it, it, because you know, for all the factors that that I've said, and and you know, I'm sure the factors that that I missed as I as I got here uh, late to the party is I think Husker fans are exhausted. You know, the, the Husker fans who are, um, uh, you know. The, the Scott Frost apologists, and, and I'm not I'm not calling anybody out. I'm not saying that anybody's more right or wrong than the other, but the, the, you are ride or die Scott Frost, the guy, 
And then the people who are, you know, he hasn't done enough. Why is he still here? Four years losing season, you know, but there's so much infighting that I feel like maybe part of this general malaise is that we're all just so damn tired, you know, uh, or maybe it's just, the fact that I don't get a whole lot of sleep because I got three kids. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, but I do think that there's something that there's always a debate. There's, you know, you, you can't, you can't post something like God, God bless, you know, the, the coordination Facebook moderators, because you can't post something without their, you know, without it turning into a, uh, everybody pitching a fit and, and planting their flag. And, and, you know, it's like, arguing like people maybe you have these same arguments at your local diner uh uh here, here's a, a one for Haas Bob from Brainerd you know maybe maybe he's he's getting there with the guys and, and rallying the troops and in some form or fashion that, that that they view as productive but they're not the coaching staff they're not the athletic department and bitching out online about sports is no different than bitching online about politics you're not changing any minds you know, give it a rest. It let's let's remember that we're all he's love the Huskers, and at the end of the day, it, let's you know everybody's going to have a day. What's the best? I think he's broken up. Yeah, to success, but we you know in any of. Uh, in any of those matters. Uh, can you hear me now? We can hear you now. I think there's that. Can you hear me now, boys? There's a, there's way less drama. I, where, where did I leave there, off? I was, I was on a good roll. I don't know. We couldn't hear you. <laughs> I think there's way less drama oh. this fall. There's <laughs> no, honest I was, to God, there is way uh, less drama. Shit, I don't know where I left off. There is way less drama this fall. Than there's ever been. I think we are, so we are hacked. We, you know what? And honestly, after Big Ten Media Days, I thought about ripping into a couple things Scott Frost said, and then I thought, you know, what's the point? Nobody fucking cares. I don't even care. I didn't like some of the things he said, and people know that I, you know. And then you look at it and you go, people are going, "You're nitpicking." Well, you are. At the same time, we have not had any drama, really. There's been very little drama in the football program this fall, right? other well, than well, manufactured drama. In fact, there's been so little drama, they have to manufacture drama in the volleyball program. Well, let, hold on. Let's, before we go, to, before we go right. to volleyball, let me, let me just toss this out. Were, you, were either of you guys surprised at all about some of the things that Garrett Nelson said at Media Days? I mean, and, and I'll, I'll be a little bit more specific here. I, I won't quote him, but, you know, Garrett, Mount, Garrett Nelson pretty much said, you know, well, for any football fans that think that the players are isolated from all of the negativity, from all the bullshit that people spew, from all of the attacks that, you know, I'm guilty of them too, that, that we make. Um, on Scott Frost and, and uh, other aspects of the program. If you think they aren't aware of what's going on, you know, um, I got swampland in Florida to sell you. And Garrett Nelson came out and was, was very direct in his comments at Media Day, where he basically said, hey, we want to play. 
We're better than a three and nine team. We're going to strap it up. We got a chip on our shoulder. We're going to prove people wrong. We're tired of people, you know, being negative towards us. We're tired of people criticizing our coach. We're tired of all this kind of stuff. We are going to go out and play. And, and the reason I mention that is there really hasn't been any fallout or any critique or, or any commentary on Garrett Nelson's comments. You know, under other circumstances, you know, some of our friendly sports writers probably would have taken Garrett Nelson to task or whatever, but, but no one did. No. That's because I just, it, 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 we're in the same mood, I think. Everybody's just waiting. It's a very dangerous time for Husker football. I think a very, a very dangerous time. And I've said this repeatedly. Uh, something, they're, they're going to lose fans if things don't. It's not about, it's not about just Scott Frost winning games. If he wins a GABA games, that'll probably cure about 80% of it. But, it's also going to be about how Trav hand, Trev Alberts handles it if, um, you know, if he, if he only wins a few games or if he wins goes six and six. You know, it's it's going to be really interesting to see what happens this season. Well, with regards to the fan base, I guess, I, you know what, I worry about the fan base probably more than I do. Not, well, maybe not more, but just as much as I do the coaching staff. And the reason for that is this. Uh, you know, for years when I was younger, when I was in college, I thought, you know, they don't listen to students at all. They don't give a shit what we think. And then you get older and you realize, well, you're only there for three, four, five, in my case, seven years. <laughs> and and really, those people are there for their lives. And then as you get older, you go, well, why would they listen to college students? You, you don't know shit when you're that young. And then I've worked in K through 12 programs all over the place. And I thought, you know, nobody listens to the kids and stuff like that. Well, the fans have been around since 1962 for, you know, for through entire people's lives. And I think that this is more important about keeping the fans going to the games this season and winning games is going to do that. But it is about showing that you're playing good football because that's what we want to see. But I worry more about the fan base just at some point just saying, great, we're fucking Purdue. You but, know what I mean? We don't me give throw, a shit anymore. Let me throw something out here, guys, and I'm interested in your takes. And, you know, John, you've you've mentioned the fan base, and that's, you know, in reality what we've been talking about here the last, you know, 10 to 15 minutes. Um, it, it came out this week that, um, you know, the money has been ponied up by various benefactors to uh, continue the red carpet club or the red carpet experience um, going forward. Now, you know, sarcastic Todd would say, well, that way they're ensuring the sellout streak stays intact. Um, you know, humanity Todd would like to think that's a really nice gesture to give people, young kids in particular, uh, an opportunity to watch Nebraska play football uh, that may otherwise never have an opportunity to do so. Um, I think it's yeah. a good idea. I think it's an excellent idea. I mean, I mean, going to going to the games. I mean, I realize that football hasn't been the greatest in the last twenty years, like it was under Osborne. But still, going to the games, and I don't get to do this a lot. Uh, it, it's one of the funnest things you can do. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I run into, you know, my oldest son's girlfriend's mom still tells us about uh, the time she went on a blind date to a Nebraska game. God knows how many years ago in the seventies and how, what, how much fun it was and the sea of red. And, you know, that is, it is a neat place to go because you're not going to get that experience really anywhere else. You know, going to Camp Randall's fun. Minnesota can be fun. You know, going to other stadiums can be fun, but each one of them is their own unique experience. And just, I mean, imagine what it was like being in the stadium at halftime in the Oklahoma State game when Bill Callahan's reign was coming to an end. That wasn't a fun experience, but, you know, the rest of them, I think it's a cool gesture. I, so, if you're going to be cynical about that, you hate children. Fuck you. <laughs> I, I'm reminded of uh, now that I'm here it, in my office. Uh, that's right. I'm reminded of something probably I heard years back on the Big Red Comcast, which may or may not be why they're they're not doing the show anymore is because they they said you know all the losing it wasn't fun anymore so they they actually uh pulled anchor and sailed off but they they said that the worst thing that could happen is maybe what we're seeing and, and maybe going back to to what you guys said uh, moments ago about this could be the most pivotal year potentially in in husker football history is if there's no success the the passion leaves and is replaced with apathy. You know, that's like, Oh, well, you know, we're trying to think of a crappy, great. We're Wyoming, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're Mississippi state or we're God forbid Vanderbilt, you know, <laughs> you know, you know what like, we would be, we would be irrelevant. And people tell people comment on YouTube and people comment about my videos on YouTube and stuff that you guys are irrelevant. We're not irrelevant. We are constantly talked about by everybody. When Iowa has a shitty season, nobody cares. When Nebraska is this bad, everybody's like, what the hell is going on with Nebraska? Right. So we are not irrelevant. If we lose this fan base, we will be irrelevant. That's really what the problem is. We and, not go, we're not good at football. <laughs> we're not irrelevant. So if you're a fan listening to this, don't ever let them motherfuckers tell you we're irrelevant because they can't stop talking about us. But but that's the that's the key is if if the on field product doesn't improve and apathy continues to build, like I, I'm going to say this without. I hope uh, denigrating any of the uh, greats who've ever, you know, strapped on pads and, and and worn, you know, the scarlet and cream. The fan base is the heart and soul of the Huskers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I you think know? it is too. I mean, yeah, absolutely. It, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't say that to pat myself on the back. Certainly, I don't say that to 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 pat. You know, I'm not. I I hope I don't come across as pandering. And and you got to remember that I wasn't even a fan. I was barely aware of what college football was in the Huskers' heyday. You know, because I, I lived in Southern Illinois, where they, they weren't even talking about Illinois if Illinois was good. You know, and, and so I, it was my relocating to Nebraska and being surrounded by the right people. Friend of the show, Josh, if you're listening, um, that you know that that built up this this fire and this passion in me and, and it continues to it, i don't 
I don't foresee a time where even if we're fucking losing to Iowa by 40 points in the third quarter, well, where I'll ever, where I will ever turn off the TV. I don't see that happening partially because I can't, I have to hold myself accountable because I got to come here and, and complain about it with you guys, but, but it's, and I love the fact that so many former players have come back uh, as fans. I loved the fact that so many former players came back at the introduction and announcement of Scott Frost as head coach. And he went back and, and met with, you know, a, a hundred, you know, former Huskers and black shirts and, and, and that was special. And I don't know if that happens in other places. So I, I, I love the fact that, you know, it, it's once a Husker, always a Husker mentality for, for a guy who goes all the way through the program. Uh, and that they come back as fans. But if they're not coming back as like, if they, if, if it's just a job to them, okay. You know, and I don't, I don't, I don't say, I don't, I don't say that from the, from the aspect of like using a young kid's talents, but look, they're getting an education. They're getting the opportunity to play the game that they love. Not practice, not talking about practice, but, but play a game, a game that they love. And, and hopefully they get to go on and do it at the next level if they're, if they're qualified and able. So they get something out of it too. It, it, it is a, a give and take, but as a fan, as, as someone who has paid money more than once to see them play on the road, let, let's, you know, it's, it's a well-known fact. I haven't stepped foot in the hallowed grounds yet. Um, but as someone who, who has, who has bought the merch, bought the shirts, put dollar to huskers.com supported them. I have, uh, and I, again, I don't say this to pat myself on the back. I know many people and in greater quantities have, but years back when, uh, the men's club hockey team was going to the national tournament, I, I threw a little to help bus fare or whatever they needed, you know, 50 bucks, whatever it was. So I still get letters from the UNL foundation, uh, seeking donations. I, I ain't got that kind of money, but I'm just one small, you know, little cog in this wheel of, of Husker nation. And I'm, I feel blessed to be here. I do because being a Husker fan has introduced me to, you know, you guys, you know, Brian, <laughs> which is good, which again, I feel fortunate for, uh, but Hoss, Brian Toll, uh, Jill Heemstra, everybody at Coronation, Nate McHugh, uh, Patrick Earhart, um, uh, Kevin, you know, just every, everybody. I, I get to I get to just come on here and, and yak with you guys once a week, you know, uh, give or take that my schedule is available. But it's the fans. Well, the, the, with that, it, what I, what, when I go back, and I didn't mean to cut you off, Tom, I want to wrap this up. You go back and maybe when they bring back NCAA football uh, for – you know, Xbox, PlayStation, whatever, maybe they'll have that, that legacy type of, you know, uh, gameplay. But I remember you, you building a dynasty or whatever they call it at, at the college level. And you're, you're recruiting four or five star kids. And one of the things is like, how's the fan base? What are the facilities like, you know, the, the education and, and, and scholarly approach, things like that. I love the fact that we maybe not as much as we used to with, with the advent of social media, but we can maybe help guide 
a, a good athlete to Lincoln. You know, I maybe that doesn't happen as often, but I love the fact that as a fan base, you know, when, when there's a ESPN poll on or Twitter wants to know what's the greatest, you know, college football team of all time, you know, 95 Huskers are going to win <laughs> because Husker fans won't let any, the outcome be any different when we mobilize and when we, God, I can't believe I'm going to say this when we're all rowing in the same direction, there's nothing that can stop Husker nation. Well, well you know, it's, some shit better happen pretty fast that that isn't going to be <laughs> well, true anymore. It's just not. That's so, the bare-faced reality of that. Okay, so then let's let's let me pose this question to you guys. And um, you know, we we all agree that this year it seems different going in. Strap it up. We're all kind of taking that Missouri attitude. Show me, you know, show me what you got. But. You know, there have been those times, and and I think all of us are very passionate about the program, and we love the team. Um, I don't see any of us or any of the people associated with coordination that are going to jump ship. We're all, you know, we're all loyal um, in all kinds of weather Nebraska fans. But things are a little bit different this year. And so here's the question I want to ask you guys. We've all been guilty of drinking the Kool-Aid. And, and we may, some of us may take a gulp before the first kickoff. But that being said, what is your gulp of Kool-Aid? At what point are you going to say, God damn, this is great. I am so jacked up and pumped. And this team, I tell you what, I can't get enough of it. What what it, is it's that? just something in the air. You know, I'm I, I'm I'm 60, Todd. You're 62, <laughs> but honestly, I, I played high school football years ago. I wasn't very good at it, but I got to play. And there's just something in the air where you just smell the air and you go, Hey, it smells like football. And if, you remember you played fall, you you had your own fall camp. You know, Nebraska- again, I wasn't I wasn't that great at playing football, but I loved high school football. It was the one thing. If all these people would go, would you be 18 again? No, but I'd be 14 if I could play football again. That's the only fucking thing I would ever go back through my life for and start over again, which is really weird because I sucked at it. Are you going to take ran over a lot? Are you going to take that swallow of Kool-Aid if Nebraska starts three and oh with convincing wins in the first three games of the season? Yeah, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I fully expect us to beat the living shit out of Northwestern because I don't think they're any good. I think that Pat Fitzgerald really misses his defensive coordinator, and we're going to see that. So unless our offense literally cannot get out of their own way, we should do to them what we did to them last year. And then the next two are gimmies. They're FCS schools. If they're not gimmies, then we got bigger problems than, you know, Oklahoma toss-up. But then you go, what, fucking Indiana? I mean, Indiana is terrible. They suck ass, and they're not going to get any better because they are just the opposite about, about us when it comes to football and basketball. You know, they're like, "Wow, we still have a football team. What the hell's up with that?" You know, and then you got like Rutgers. Literally, if you cannot be have a really really good record and have all of us so pumped, full of like math Kool Aid, 
Nebraska mess that we are just on online and screaming. If that point, if we're not at that point in the season when those games roll around, uh, we got problems. We got real problems. Is that Kool Aid enough for you? That's Kool Aid. Greg, 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 what's your golf look like? Uh, so I, I want to piggyback on, on what John was saying, with the exception that I never played football. Uh, my high school didn't have football until a couple of years after I graduated. I think I've explained that in the past, but I got my real first taste of football in uh, August of 2003 when I stepped in the broadcast booth. First game of my career was actually in Torrington, Wyoming uh, for the Shattering Cardinals. And as I became more uh, familiar with the players, the the coaches, and everything that was really going on in front of me, let's say maybe the following year, 2004, and then especially 2005, 2006, when I was doing it all on my own, man, there is a buzz that I got about – a week, two weeks out. When I have to start calling that opposing coach, getting that pregame uh, interview, you know, getting his, his starters, things like that, I I I get bouncing. Um, I think bringing it back to Kool Aid specific, when Nebraska, not if folks, not if when Nebraska's three and zero, and it is a Saturday. In Lincoln, September 17th, and Oklahoma comes to town. And I have no visions of grandeur that Nebraska at 3 0 is going to be ranked with a win over a bad Northwestern team and a couple of FCS schools. Uh, uh, there's no, but when they do to Oklahoma, when, when they play Oklahoma like they played Oklahoma last year, except a little bit cleaner, a few things more go their way, and Nebraska shocks the world and defeats Oklahoma and goes into the bye week 4-0, buddy, I'll be drinking a big gulp of Kool-Aid, and it's going to be so sweet. I'm, I'm excited for that. That and then the fact that the next time they take the field is their homecoming game, October 1st, against Indiana, and I'm going to be in not Wyoming, I'm going to be in Minnesota watching that game with my dear friend. That is going to be a special time. I'm looking forward to that, John. I hope you know. God, I guess so. I hope you're ready. I, I, as soon, as soon as I knew where this conference was and when it was, I'm like, Oh, 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 John, knock, knock. Big daddy's coming home. Here's John. You're going to have to put an addition onto your house. You're just going to have to add on. (laughs) Well, my daughter will have moved out to by then. So, Hey, 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 this news was just announced Uh, For the first time since 2011 Iowa has sold out all seven home games So Drinking the Kool-Aid in Iowa City That's the thing about it Is Iowa is stealing our mojo That is the, you know We're all like sunken into fucking quicksand And they're over there Actually enjoying really shitty offense (laughs) Well, hey guys, let's um, let's shift gears here a little bit. Um, you know, in addition to the football program, uh, you know, beginning their uh, fall drills, et cetera, et cetera. Um, 
we also had the first ever uh, Big Ten media days for volleyball. We all know that volleyball um, has um, has in the Big Ten. I mean, it's it's the dominating conference. Um, but uh, John Cook, perhaps for the first time in his role as head coach at the University of Nebraska, had a situation with a returning all-American blocker, Kayla Caffey, um, that was really quite awkward. Really, you know, just kind of an awkward situation. And uh, at least, you know, I've read quite a bit and listened quite a bit, and I'm not sure that there's any – I'm not sure I have any more clarity than I did when I first heard that she uh, has decided to enter the portal and, and leave. Um, does, does the situation with Kayla Caffey – does is is what kind of an impact, if any, does that have? Um, is is you know once the girls start playing games, is this in the past? You know, uh, you know she's an all American, an all American that could have been playing for Nebraska this year, and and she's leaving. What are you guys? Is what's your take? What are your thoughts on that? It's at a it's at a position that we're rather weak, is what I my understanding was. I think they what happened was my understanding is John Cook thought she was going to leave, gave her scholarship to somebody else, uh, thought that nil the name, image, and likeness thing would be enough for her to stay because that would pay for her schooling because she's still in school. She did graduate, and I think that you know she had to get a waiver for this seventh year, so. I, you just, I guess you just look at it and go, that's what he was thinking or that's what he was trying to do. And she decided otherwise and left. I mean, we, that's Kayla Caffey. She can go over the fuck she wants. Right. Well, yeah. And the thing yeah. that surprised me about the whole thing, because, you know, I have the utmost respect for coach cook. Um, anybody that pays attention to college athletics, you know, probably feels the same way. I mean, the guy, and he's and he's always been pretty transparent, I think, and always you know pretty forthcoming with uh, how he works with his team and and you know a lot of that. But it, it sounds to me like communication and the whole thing broke down. And does. to me, that is that is the absolute shocker, because you know when you put together the timeline of this whole thing, it kind of sounds like you know what. You know, they weren't even, were they even talking? Did they, you know, did they even bother to ask each other? Did they, you know, where was the communication in this? But, you know, uh, Nebraska has, you know, the number, you know, number one middle blocker recruit, the girl from Waverly that was on campus last year. She's going to play. They brought in a transfer from Penn State. Her last name's Horde. She was an All-American. And they've got this super duper freshman, I think her name's Mendelssohn, who, who has played on USA age group teams in both volleyball and basketball. She's played at the international level and uh, she's a middle blocker. So the talent's um, going to be there. It'll just be a question of, of, you know, can they get things going in the right direction? And I hope like hell that Kayla Caffey doesn't end up in Texas, like uh, our little defensive specialist from Hawaii uh, has done. <laughs> it, it, it's a rare gaff from from volleyball from from an uh, probably not the right word, but I'm gonna say administrative standpoint, right? That whether or not she expressed her desire to not return, okay, well, we have to 
act accordingly and we have to fill that role. Uh, if she expressed her desire to return and, and they, then they would have been foolish to replace her, you know, and, and not let her do. So I was, I was talking to a friend of the show, Josh, and cause he's perplexed by, he, he, you know, is look, Nebraska fans are exceptionally knowledgeable in football and wrestling. Todd, uh, make sure that I mention that. But volleyball certainly as well. There's a reason that the Devaney, the Bob, if you will, uh, I'm I'm on a first name basis with the 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 uh, center um, that it it sells out. Does it, it's one of the top atmospheres for college volleyball. Why wouldn't you want? an All-American who's 24, 25 years of age, right, who has more experience than most college players, uh, why wouldn't you want that on you? Like, it, it, it had to be expressed, it, and I'm not – I'm just, we, you know, I don't know. I'm just speculating here, which I talked about before. I, I shouldn't do. But it had to be expressed that she was not planning on returning, because th- there's no scenario in my mind where Kayla Caffey goes to John Cook and says, I'll see you in the fall. And he's like, not so fast, my friend. Uh, it, it just doesn't that that doesn't resonate with, ha- as to having any any basis in reality. So. It, it had to be just a, a breakdown in how but it's it's two sided because how do you as, as Coach Cook let an all-american one of your leaders slipped through the cracks and and regardless of the talent that might be coming in it it, todd i'm with you you just hope that she doesn't end up wearing burnt orange uh next year because what john Maybe maybe she got a call and some guy in texas said you know what i'll give you a hundred thousand dollars next year if you wear burnt orange you can major in whatever the fuck she's graduate study is. I think she's getting a master's. Well, she just graduated. Working on okay. She well, what guy that knows everything? You know the name of the guy that offered her a hundred grand in Texas? No, I don't know his name. Yeah, see that you son of a bitch. <laughs> Whoa! But you know what I mean. If you don't have a scholarship, then I have a scholarship for you. And somebody calls you up and says, "I mean, right now we're in a situation where." They, they, people can just buy players. So that's it. Yeah. The whole thing is really confusing because it sounded like, you know, according to coach cook that, you know, the volleyball program was willing to go over their scholarship limit and thus take a penalty the following year. But then it turns out that she wasn't going to be on a volleyball scholarship. Uh, Yeah. It just, it's just very, very confusing. I, she was, you know, she was a player that uh, fans really enjoyed watching. You know, she she played with a smile on her face. You could tell that uh, there was a lot of joy when she played. Um, she'll be missed. But by the same token, uh, I think that, you know, in John Cook, we trust. And I think that there's probably uh, some players on the court that um, are going to make up for her absence. Boy, if this was Scott Frost, we'd be reaving him over the coal. We'd be tearing that son of a bitch to pieces. We'd burn him in effigy. We might even burn him alive. Well, well, think think about this. To to shift 
not even shift gears, but but in, in an odd comparison, San Diego, the Padres, just gave up a bunch of talent for one guy. Mm-hmm. One guy who's guaranteed to be there for two and a half years, but after that, Lord only knows. Uh, the Seattle Mariners sold out the farm system for one guy. You know, it, it's... There are a lot of, of, of judgment calls that people in, in those positions, the guys at the top have to make, guys or gals at the top have to make. And we don't have to understand all their reasoning behind it. They see something. If, if John Cook, you know, uh, says, I, I'm going to gonna take the court with, with this group of ladies, you can't really argue with his track record. Nope. Nope. You can't. I like how we all say the same thing in three different languages. <laughs> oh, heck. What else like you that. got for us, uh, leader leader of the show, Todd? Yeah, leader of the show, Todd. Well, I'm I'm kind of running out. I you know I did. Uh, there was some news today that I saw that Shea Shanneman, uh, the Friday night starter from the baseball team, has announced that he is going to come back for and play with Nebraska and. Um, you know, so he's going to take advantage of that COVID option. Uh, what I really, really enjoyed uh, about the, the, what I read in the paper about it is he even said that he, he really hoped that he could uh, be part of the bullpen and, you know, leverage the experience he has and come out of the bullpen rather than be a Friday night starter or, you know, a weekend starter. In fact, he even said, you know, he says, I'm sure there's three better starting pitchers than me. And um, which I, I was kind of different. Yeah, it is kind of different. Um, and, and and that's a team first approach. Um, you know, you normally when you start talking about pitchers egos, um, if you've been a weekend starter in college baseball, uh, generally speaking, it's uh, it, it's a shot to your ego if uh, you get relegated to the bullpen, but I think Shea Shanneman's coming in next year and he wants to do what he can do to help the, the Nebraska baseball team win. So um, good on him. Um, I, I will make two other things real quick. If you want to comment on them, feel free to jump in, but there are two little legislative things that have happened that have got me a little bit, uh, got my ears perked up. The first uh, one, you know, we don't talk politics on the show. The uh, he has to get his commie thoughts in there. Well, Title IX, Nebraska did an audit of their compliance with Title IX. Trev Alberts has come out and said, we've got some work to do at the University of Nebraska to be in compliance with Title IX, which has me nervous because, as we all know, Trev Alberts has a reputation, and I won't <laughs> go any further than that. <laughs> We need you, Haas. He is cutting golf. (sighs) Better stop there. Um, The other he cannot cut wrestling. He's not going to cut a a, no. You can't cut a Power Five wrestling program. I guess you could to deflect the problem we have that is Scott Frost. Don't you do not do not equate Nebraska wrestling with Nebraska Omaha wrestling. All right. (laughs) 
They're the two other different. Thing, the other thing, and and you know, we've at one time or another we kind of talked around this. We've talked a little bit about it, and we bring up NIL. And I think the God's honest truth: none of us understand NIL enough to have any intelligent conversation about it. But I did see. Okay, I'm I'm sorry, I offended. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll only speak for myself. I apologize, guys. <laughs> I apologize. But I'll have all of you NIL doubters, all of you anti-NIL people out there. Jerry Murtaugh, I've heard him talk on Saturday mornings. He hates NIL. Um, Congress is starting a new initiative to look into regulating NIL. Well, that's great because we all know what happens when Washington starts meddling with things. Well, hold on, hold on. Led by a, a, a senator from the state of Alabama, Tommy Tuberville. And <laughs> if, if, if you think that a former Auburn football coach, Jesus, God. <laughs> Okay. And, no. and an idiot. That man is a complete, other than football. I mean, that man doesn't really, I guess they put him in government where he's hopefully the most useless fucking thing around. I really, venture, I didn't hear this at all. Yeah. I would venture to say if uh, Congress is going to get involved with NIL and if Tommy Tuberville is kind of leading the charge, I would be very concerned about what the future it holds and i'll just leave it right there higher thresholds for all sec teams on what what uh players can earn and, <laughs> um i i want one more thing briefly i don't know if you saw there was a picture going around earlier of um uh mickey joseph i don't know if he was just standing in practice or if he was talking to media uh full sweatshirt the beginning of August, and somebody somewhere said, why in the hell is Mickey Joseph wearing a sweatshirt in the beginning of August? And Todd, you'll appreciate it. The first thing, the only thing that came to my mind is he's got to cut weight for wrestling. <laughs> he's showing these guys you got to be a tough son of a bitch to play football at the University of Nebraska. I mean, I, okay, I, I, I have a, a question off of that. <laughs> Is it showing? I feel like the message he's saying is you got to be a dumb son of a bitch to play football at the university. I know. I said tough. But he's wearing a full sweatshirt in, in 90 plus degree weather. There's there's a difference between tough and smart. Well, time out. Wait, wait a minute. We're fitting down in the bayou the yeah, last exactly. few years. This yeah. is. This is air conditioning. Yeah, so, no so you're shit. saying it, 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 his 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 pits and his nuts weren't quite as humid as they used to be in? <laughs> I would. Okay, I'm uh, saying like he, 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 he's he's, he's trying perfect. to trying to bring the literal swamp ass. He's perfectly okay wearing a sweatshirt in the weather because I mean Louisiana and in what August has to be like some kind of well, it's like living in Minnesota in February. You just stay inside in the air conditioning. So, are we going to see? My my question then is, when it's the the day after Thanksgiving, <laughs> and it's thirty degrees, is he going to be out there in shorts and a t shirt? Because you gotta be tough to play at the University of Nebraska. I mean, that's <laughs> the stupidest. That's the stupidest theory. And and Todd, I love you. Wow, wow. 
<laughs> he didn't get his shots in early, so he's getting his shots in late. That is the dumbest theory I've ever heard. Well, it's 90. If, if, if we put on the sweats, we're, you're going to show how tough we are. We got salt tablets. Get over here. Take some salt tablets. Water? We don't take no damn water breaks water around here. Policies. Have you ever seen uh, have you ever seen one of those winter hats that has like the tassels down the sides? Yes. John, <laughs> okay. you have one of those hats. Yes, I do. They are extremely warm. My oldest son when he was in high school, he wore his year round. And he wore it playing he wore it playing soccer. He didn't wear it on the field when he was, you know, actually in games, but soccer practice didn't matter where he was, what he was doing, he wore one of those hats. And people, even his coaches would comment, what what the hell is wrong with your son? Question. Yes. I can't remember how many uh, offspring you have. Uh, oldest son's different from rotten son. Yeah. Okay. I have Just three. make sure. Yeah. Two two boys and, and, and the daughter. Okay. Yeah. Well, it doesn't make any damn sense to me. Like, I, at some point, common sense has to outweigh your, your willingness to be tough. Maybe they do, maybe he doesn't like air conditioning. Then he's just trying to remind himself of home. Okay. I mean, I, you know, I had, problem, Joseph. I had that problem when I was in New Orleans. You got a little swampy? No. You oh. go you go outside and you go into the air conditioning. I get sick to my stomach because the air conditioning was so strong. You know, I mean, it was such a degree change in degrees. And okay, we should just just drop that. (laughs) Well, I really didn't anticipate. I mean, it it started out as a joke. I didn't think we'd really explore it as (laughs) a topic. We're dissecting a wide receiver coach wearing a sweatshirt. Well, it's about his turn. And then we're not going to hear from him the rest of the season. So, yeah. Well, and, and, and John, depending on what you said, it might be his turn. He might be on deck. You never know. Well, that is <laughs> so, true. Uh, right. Speak, uh, speaking of my rotten son, he he wrote on the calendar today. Number he countdown put, to the Nebraska Minnesota. Yeah, no Nebraska Northwestern. He oh. wrote on the calendar. It's only three weeks away, and then he wrote fourteen to seven. And I Nebraska. Went, no. He's did he put good. it in purple marker or did he put it in red marker? Or? He put it in red. Oh, so then it's 14-7 Nebraska. No, everybody was, knows Everybody knows you have you write it in the color of the winning team. That is that is dry erase marker that's law. A rule. It's a rule. Is it? Yeah. yeah, that's a rule. Okay, well, I'll use that against him. There you go. <laughs> Rotten son. I can't wait. Um, do I get to meet him? Hopefully. Do I get to punch him? I mean, <laughs> we could, you could do that. Yeah. No, he'd, he'd probably punch back. He probably would. Yeah. It, if he's, if he's anything like his old man, he's a real scrapper. One to watch out for is the middle one. Don't turn your back on her. She's kind of ornery. I, I believe that. She's a, t- she's a tough one. Gets it from her mother. <laughs> I do tell people that they ask me to tell me about your daughter. Well, she could be a serial killer. <laughs> they'd come to us later and they'd say, were there signs? And we'd look at each other on the TV and we'd go. Yes. Yeah, there were, there were signs. <laughs> there were many All signs. Right. All right. Let's, uh, 
what do you think, man? Should we wrap this episode up? We, wrap her up? Have we gone far enough off the rails? Yes. All right, Todd, this is your show, buddy. Why don't you take us home? Oh, no, no. Uh, you do so, 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 so much. Come on, Todd. Did you see your closing? No, no. Do no. the outro. No, Greg, Greg, please. Yeah. yeah. I Yo. will do my part. I will, okay. I will, I will do my part, but you got to, you got to take us home. All right. <laughs> Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a blast being with you here for another Five Heart Podcast. I really have to extend a deepest heartfelt gratitude to Todd Wolverton, John Dam Johnston for holding down the fort until I was able to join them. Hopefully, my message got relayed uh, to you even during those turbulent technical difficulties as I was transitioning from the driveway to the studio. We covered a lot of ground. We have really dissected what I think what it means to be a fan and we will continue to carry that torch the burning ember that is our Husker passion through the remainder of the off season all the way to Ireland you know uh, from America we're not actually going to Ireland and all throughout the regular season we will be with you every week delivering this same quality of content. <laughs> uh, but regardless, we thank you uh, ever so much for joining us, uh, either in the audio version of the podcast, which uh, is available uh, through all of your favorite podcast outlets Friday mornings, and especially on YouTube, where a good amount of you watch, listen, and engage. And we appreciate that as well. And lately, you've been getting that show early. So, you're welcome. But it couldn't be done without John Dam Johnston, who every week hits that record button. And it couldn't be done without Todd Wolverton, who every week is here with terrific insight, getting us started when I'm late, <laughs> closing us out when I'm absent. And, and without these two guys, really, there is no Five Heart Podcast. So make sure you show them an extra amount of love this week. We're not going to have Todd for two weeks. He he's he was very adamant about being here tonight and and, and sharing his passion with us, and, and we're so glad that he did. We will miss him, and the next time we talk to him will be game week, game where week. we will sit down, we will go game wow. by game by game by game by game, and we will predict our, our our outcomes. So we're looking for that. Todd, you have a safe journey, sir. It is a well-deserved vacation. We can't wait to have you back here. So for Todd Wolverton, for John Dam Johnston, I'm Greg Mahochko for the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by coordination.com and the SB Nation Podcast Network, reminding you this week and every week that Five Heart is all the heart you need. John? Husker born! Husker bred! When we die, we'll be Husker dead. <laughs>